0: welcome to shortcut to sunday i'm ben and i'm bruce and this is your podcast for may 2nd 2021 the fifth sunday of easter and we are coming to you not live on behalf of holy family episcopal church in fishers indiana bruce how are you on this beautiful spring day i am doing fine on this
1: beautiful spring day
0: yeah it is it is quite nice uh we're we're finally uh at the uh, back to the uh, um period of the season where you know if we're forced to meet outside or with the windows open it's not as much of a hardship as it was in five months past
1: right <laughs> so uh yeah I, I, yeah we had at at holy family we we're meeting eight and ten on sundays in person with the windows open and such and in the afternoon we um hosted on outside uh uh eagle scout court of honor and it was just gorgeous it was so beautiful um not too hot not too cold and yeah obviously a great occasion
0: yeah this is uh this is the period of time where uh all those factors can line up just just so nicely the the sun coming out and a light breeze not too hot not too cold and no bugs yet. No bugs yet. Yeah, it's it's uh we get we get just a couple of weeks of this, so I'm I'm so yeah. That... Enjoy it while we can. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then of course, uh, uh, since you mentioned it, the plug of uh, uh, uh services at eight and ten. Uh, the ten o'clock service is also broadcast live on our YouTube channel. Uh, when YouTube is working. Uh, a, a small acknowledgement that the this past Sunday there seems to have been some technical issues. It looked green on our side. It looked red on youtube's side uh for parts of it so uh there's there's a couple of bugs there that we're we're working out but uh the uh, the compromise there is going to be that we're gonna i'm gonna record it as well just in case youtube decides to um uh, put our put our live stream on the back burner of their uh, uh cares list <laughs> <laughs> and uh i can upload a full uh better version of it after the fact so uh, uh we we continue to learn in this uh in this arena uh, um and uh, uh i look forward to the day
1: where i don't have to learn anymore <laughs> uh that's never
0: <laughs> <laughs> i would very much like the illusion. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> give uh, it up. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, uh, still a lot of stuff going on at the church, of course. Uh, uh, HolyFamilyFishers.org to see what all uh, is taking place this past week. Uh, we had a, a number of things uh, that that uh, that uh, took place that we'd love to give thanks to those who put it on a holy a holy hike uh for the for the uh the youth group uh a uh, uh our Harry Potter uh online Harry Potter event which i think uh was uh was all considering done so wonderfully consider- considering considering they had to transition I, to an online version of it
1: uh yeah i, I think we have to call it Carrie potter in oh, terms yes, of yes carry We we'll say it online
0: <laughs> <laughs> terry <laughs> Terry something. I don't remember. Some some guy.
1: Some warts
0: I like it. I like it. <clears throat> so uh but uh, but that that happened this week. Uh, and, and there's still uh, there's there's a there's an adult Bible study still going on, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Uh or did that just recently finish?
1: We finished that. We'll be starting that again um in August. Okay. Uh and um but the book groups are still going on. You can read about those is, in the. Yeah, that's uh, what I was thinking HolyFamilyFishers.org. Yep. Yep. And uh, we also have coming up in May the Pentecost Outdoor Eucharist and Picnic on a Saturday evening that, um, again, should be just beautiful to be part of. Yeah. So check that out. Yeah. Very much looking forward to this. So. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's move
0: over to our person of the day and Bruce, uh, I've decided to pick someone that you may, uh, you may know, uh, (laughs) not personally, but, uh, what was
1: the name of your uncle
0: (laughs) (laughs) on your mother's side, twice removed. Um, so, uh, uh, I don't, I don't think I've done this one before so uh forgive me if I have but uh, uh I found his story fascinating that even if I have accidentally picked this guy before um uh, his story's interesting so uh Justin
1: the martyr Justin martyr's a lot of people drop the the um oh really if I recall okay. it technically should be there so it's good you added it okay uh because that's clear that Martyr's not his last name. But I believe he was an early church historian.
0: <laughs>
1: let, me, let me double check and
0: read through here. I mean, I, I guess that could be a technical correct... Technically correct. The, the
1: judges say that can pass?
0: <laughs> I mean, he was involved with uh, with some things early on. I, I would say, though, that it, that's not really his main uh, focus
1: um um liturgy uh worship (laughs) detailing cars after school Keep
0: keep throwing items out there well uh justin (laughs) justin the martyr would definitely uh lead you to believe that he was martyred uh and uh that would be correct um it says here it, it describes him as a leading apologist so this is why I wanted to pick him because I have some questions about this okay. that, I, that I want to get into. Uh, who is who has been called one of the most original Christ- thinkers Christianity produced? He was born to Greek-speaking pagan parents at Flavia, Flavia uh, Neapolis, the ancient city of uh, yeah, okay, ancient an ancient city in Samaria. Uh, after a long search for the truth in pagan philosophy philosophies, he embraced Christianity about one hundred and thirty ad uh justin taught at ephesus for a while where he disputed uh, the with tr- disputed with trifo the jew i'm not sure that should lead me down another rabbit hole here uh, right later he moved to rome where he taught for the rest of his life his first and second apologies were defenses of christianity against charges of atheism and morality and disloyalty to the roman empire he defended christians on the basis of their superior moral lives and he defended christianity as the oldest monotheistic religion and the true philosophy in his dialogue with tripe the jew justin argued that the church is the true israel and that only christians can interpret the old testament correctly he provides considerable information about the celebration of baptism and the eucharist in the early church sure. There it is, there it is, there it is. I just didn't get to it yet. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't. My eyes didn't read that far yet. Uh, so Justin and six other Christians were arrested and then condemned to die by the prefect Junius Rusticus. Junius Rusticus. Uh, they confessed the Christian faith and refused to sacrifice to the gods. Uh, they were scourged, beheaded at Rome. Justin is commemorated on June first in the Episcopal calendar. So. Um, so that is Justin the martyr, but uh apologist. Um, I mean, I do a lot of things wrong, so I think that like <laughs> I, I, could, yeah. I could, I I would think that that would be me. Uh, but but what's an apologist? What's the what's the deal
1: there? In many ways, his, his biography explains it well. He uh, an explainer. Mm-hmm, okay. Um, the you know, tech, many would call him a theolog, inaccurate, call him a theologian, but apologist particularly means someone who is explaining it, teaching it to particularly people who had no knowledge of it yet.
0: Okay. Okay. Is it, is it, is it an explanation specifically through the lens of, uh, of like a a defensive explanation? Like, no, no, no. These people are. Not
1: necessarily. Okay. The, yeah, you can, you can just sort of drop any connection with the current use of the term apology. Okay.
0: Yeah. It, it, yeah. Okay. That that makes it a little bit easier because I was like, yeah. you know, an apologist. I'm not. Like, that sounds sounds almost irritating. Like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> would you just stop apologizing. Well, let's just have a normal conversation.
1: Quit trying to rationalize everything. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. So. Uh. And and then. Uh. His. Um. His dispute with the trife of the Jew in Ephesus. Um. It's. That's such an odd uh, nickname,
1: maybe. I mean, for um, well, part you know, people didn't have last names, and so folks would would use different identifiers. I'm not. I have to admit, I'm not familiar with this particular fellow, so um, I I I just can't say. I don't know anything about him. It, so yes. Yeah. He's, you
0: know, he's not he's not listed like justin
1: the martyr martyrs not his last name
0: that's true that's true but yeah it, it uh, uh, trifo is not um is not listed let me do let me do a quick double check but it's not listed on the glossary of terms on the episcopal uh, on this episcopal website um so i don't have more information uh, besides maybe going to a, a quick google search um and uh I, I would trust the potential source a little less, but, uh, but again, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, so essentially he had, he had a, he had a, 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 a theological rival, which is kind of, kind of interesting. Well,
1: yeah. And part of it, one of the things that was sort of a, um, yeah, I'll put it this way an entertainment, particularly in the Greek lands like Ephesus was going to listen to competing, um philosophies be argued and okay so you know you, you might you might binge watch these two guys going after it day after day this is the and, Gr- greek version of uh
0: of a rap battle yeah
1: <laughs> exactly
0: it really is <laughs> was uh, is, is the crowd as uh, animated uh, as one would imagine for a, for a rap battle
1: uh it from what I've read which is not extensive it seems like it yes <laughs> well I mean to the point where we we read in acts where people rise up and try to arrest Paul mm, mm okay. I mean not arrest detain is the nice way to put it you know. Capture just, him and beat the crap out of him.
0: I'm just imagining uh, Justin says one thing and Trifo says another and Justin says a third
1: thing and the whole crowd goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it really could have been like that. People were passionate about their philosophy. There you go. There you go. Uh, and and I got to say, one thing in my defense
0: mm-hmm. of
1: identification the principal way in which Episcopalians, anyway, use Justin the Martyr's work is the history of liturgy that is mentioned oh. near the end of his biography. Okay. Because we don't, you know, frankly, we disagree with his teaching that Christians are the only ones who can interpret the Old Testament accurately. Right, 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 right. Um, so, you know, some of his stuff, some of his writings, we just think, eh, no, no. <laughs> Yeah. yeah.
0: What, what about the, uh, what about the other half of, uh, of one of his, uh, arguments in his quote unquote dialogue, uh, which is, it has a capital D. I was kind of interested to see, uh, to, to notice that just now, uh, in his dialogue with a capital D with Trifo. Uh, he argued that the church is the true Israel. Right. I'm trying to figure and- out exactly what, it, what does that mean? Uh, that, that. Israel isn't well, is a, a nation of people, but it's a, a religious organization instead.
1: It's a it's a common um, perspective. That's a good term to use. It's the it's a common perspective today among conservative Christians, and you know, as you can see, it goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. That's now called and has been called for a number of centuries replacement theory,
0: hmm.
1: that. Christians believe that they have replaced the Jews as the chosen people. Oh, okay. And therefore, it is Christianity that is the true Israel. And unfortunately, that's meant that Christians have felt very free to be anti-Semitic and to be killers of people who are Jewish. And that they expanded the idea of the promised land to include the whole wide world. Um, since Jesus instructs people to evangelize the whole world, right? that right. got twisted into meaning, oh, we get to conquer the whole world, and anyone we encounter, we get to kill, because we are the new Israel, we are the promised, we are receiving the promised land, even if it's places that no one had heard of when the Testaments were written. Mm. Yeah, so it's been a hugely problematic theory. Perspective that's led to much more destruction and killing than loving God.
0: Yeah. Is, does that mean that was this a pervasive theory uh, during the Crusades, the, the era of the yeah, Crusades? Yeah. That's a okay. good example. Okay. Yeah, it's, it seems like it would fit.
1: <laughs> the, yes. <laughs> one of the, Name any atrocity that has been exercised by Christians, and probably at some level, replacement theory is part of the justification for it. Hmm, hmm, hmm.
0: Well, we do like to feel special, don't we? Yes. Um,
1: <laughs> and we hate to feel humble, so let's get rid of that.
0: Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. <laughs>
1: uh. <laughs> but again Good he thoughts, gave us buddy. great insights because he he was one of the few writing about it mm-hmm. as to how the how early christians were worshiping yeah yeah
0: yeah and it, in in a way i mean it, it it's um uh, uh it's interesting to see because you would want a healthy dialogue i think we've talked about it before on this podcast of the 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 crucifixion resurrection um uh Occurrence uh, that that leads into the formation of the church is so earth shatteringly different uh, that it knocked it it had to have knocked so many screws loose that that there were you know a million theories as to what right. all was going on. Uh, Very true. So, so uh, I suppose one could focus on the, the the beauty of the the attempt to decipher uh, meetings. And try to engage uh, with one's creator in this new way, not really fully knowing what to do about it, because um, um, while Jesus' teachings give uh, uh, very, very specific guidelines um, about certain things, but very few. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not a complete roadmap as humans would then want. You know, like yeah. But what about this thing that you know probably in the long run doesn't. How
1: much time can (laughs) I spend on Facebook?
0: (laughs) Right, right, exactly. But you know, yes. But Jesus, you haven't said anything about uh, you know specific contract negotiations between farmers (laughs) and local municipalities. What do we do here? Uh, (laughs) You know, um, uh, so so it's just kind of interesting to see how much thought then goes into um, um the, the the years thereafter of, of
1: yeah. trying to interpret this um. and, and yeah and part of what it's so important for Christians to do is to be able to look at with with clear eyes and say this writing from Justin is very helpful because it's it's telling us how people worshiped mm. this writing by mm. Justin is absolutely destructive. Because it talks about Christianity being the new Israel, Uh you know, So no, no human gets it right one hundred percent. Yeah. And unfortunately, some people through the centuries have done the the interpretation of the earlier is written the more accurate it's going to be. Uh, even though again, Jesus never said okay. You know, the next hundred years, hundred fifty years—that stuff that people write is going to be really true. And after that, take it with a grain of salt. Right, right. It's, instead, he's really—he really does say things along lines of, "Don't trust anything fully that a human says. Trust God."
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially, uh, which is, you're, you're definitely hitting on an an interesting theme because you're right. There is a, there is a tendency to be like, oh, well, this is, this writing was written by somebody who, you know, even met with Jesus. So therefore, uh, what, Mm -hmm. what their, their perspective and their point of view, uh, must be, you know, truth or absolute truth. And, and it doesn't take, in my mind, I should say, uh, it doesn't take too much uh, uh, thought about it to realize that's generally not the way things work. It's usually that the longer that time is able to, to rest on a matter, the more you're, you know, a little bit clearer, the picture, uh, the focus that comes in, into play. Um, right. I, I mean, I, I, I can go just simply as far as like. Uh, uh, top 100 movies lists. Yes, (laughs) to realize that you know people who put that together are not allowing time to fully color the conversation because you can see like oh, and the top ten are like here's six movies that just came out in the last five years. I'm like, really? Is that are you? Yeah, (laughs) you think this is the best of all time? (laughs) Like, come on.
1: Well, to and that's one of the reasons why. In Major League Baseball, a player has to be retired X number of years. I think it's 10, but I'm not sure. So that perspective can be gained over that person's career. And the nice thing, maybe nice isn't the right word, but one of the ways that's really been effective is trying to figure out how to deal with steroids and how much that shaped Mm -hmm. baseball um, for a decade or so. And shifted all sorts of performance abilities, uh, and and baseball still that's sort of as a community, it's trying to figure that one out.
0: Right, uh, it's but still a struggle. Mm-hmm.
1: Fortunately, there wasn't a rush as soon as someone retired to put him in the Hall of Fame, and then say, "Wait a minute, this guy <laughs> was all drugged up." <laughs> right, 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 right. Do we
0: do we want to promote this? Are we sure? Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, it. it Sometimes time is a, is a good thing. Um, yeah. uh, and, and I think that applies to, to our, our, our lives as well. I mean, I remember, oh, being, yeah. I remember being young and, uh, maybe a relationship not working out and thinking that was going to be the end of all existence. And right. <laughs> you know, you get a little bit more time under your belt and you go, okay, all right, well, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> right. I stay
1: there so long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Well, that's Justin the Martyr. Uh, certainly, um, I'm sure that we uh, uh, anybody could find more of his writings that uh, oh, yeah. the the Church does approve of at the very least, uh, or or finds interesting enough to to uh, to recreate and share. Um,
1: I, I, have, I maybe I shouldn't say it, but it's quite easy to find his stuff in used bookstores because <laughs> it's required reading in so many different history, theology, and seminary courses, like not- and then.
0: It's it's not going to hurt any his feelings, uh, uh, right? He, I think he's I think he's good, uh, yeah. So so uh, he's not seeing any royalties on those writings, anyway. No. So um, <clears throat> yeah, you uh, can probably download the whole thing from Google Books or something. Uh, probably, probably. Um, all right. Well, then let's move over to our readings for the day. The first reading is from the Book of Acts, chapter eight, verse twenty six through forty. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, Candace, Candace. uh, Queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. And he came to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, do you understand what you are reading? He replied, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb silent before its shearer, So he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is the water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and he was passing through the region. He proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Um... So this is a This is a baptism story This is a um, um, uh, a Sharing of faith uh, Uh Story Um, Is there anything More insulting than Going up to a stranger and saying Do you know what You're reading? (laughs) Does this make Any sense to you? (laughs) Correct. Are, you, are you sure you're ready for this book <laughs> <laughs> need any help with
1: the big words
0: <laughs> i mean i i, I recognize that uh, this is this is kind of in the vein of like hey you got any questions you know what i mean yeah. like uh um so and, and and it's interesting uh that the way that this is described I think I, I've, I've spoken to so many people who have had moments somewhat like this. I mean, obviously not running up to a chariot, not talking to uh, a, a eunuch and not maybe uh, finding a body of water and, and uh, um, going and baptizing somebody on the spot. But kind of like this little nudge uh, from, from God, from the Holy Spirit, from, right. from, from uh, deep within of like, you should go talk to that person. You should, you know, and, and, and how often those kind of stories, you know, result in something uh, interesting or fantastic that, you know, like, oh yeah, they were having a really hard time. And we, you know, we had this conversation, this person felt so much better Mm -hmm. afterwards. Um, So there's, there's something very, um, very easily
1: connected with, uh, I think for, for, for most of us here. Um well, I wouldn't say for most of us, uh, because mostly because if someone is is either well, just not everyone has these experiences. And so I don't want someone who's listening to this who has not had it think they're not a real Christian.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean I, I, i'm I'm expanding beyond just the religious nature of it. Okay, like, uh, you know what I mean? like uh, almost uh, most many people that I've talked to have had like a sense about something going on. Um, yeah. A co-worker's
1: uh, looking you know, looking down, yeah. you sit down with them instead of going on your way and right. have a, a wonderful conversation. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So this is this is a this is a
0: uh an obtainable feeling that I think a lot of people can connect with. But Philip does probably more than <laughs> more than uh uh most of us would ever find. Uh, uh including
1: the teleportation at the end, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, um but yeah, this is a um, and and you can kind of see how like the Holy Spirit as as the way this is narrated, the Holy Spirit kind of guides even the conversation. It's the right. eunuch who who asks the question uh, that you could almost even imagine Philip responding uh, a, a very specific way to, like eunuch saying, "About whom may I ask you? Does the prophet say this about himself or someone else?" And you can imagine Philip going, "I'm so glad you asked that." <laughs> <laughs> Great yes. question. Uh, almost like a, almost like a, 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 a plant in a crowd. Like, a, right. oh, I'm so glad. What a, what a fantastic question. I couldn't have asked it better
1: myself. Let me show <laughs> you how this slices a tomato.
0: Right, 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 right. So, um, I mean, one of the questions though that I do have here is uh, the, the, the reference to baptism because, mm-hmm. it, um, while it's mentioned in. Uh, the different gospel writings uh, about like Jesus baptism and, uh, and I think we've talked about before the regularity, uh, of the baptism act, like how, how it
1: was kind of a, a popular thing. It was, it was more of a ritual washing than, right, it, than right. an initiation rite as right, it right. now is in most of Christianity.
0: Was that still, uh, uh, kind of like a highlight in, during this period of time, um, that, uh, that that even before the early... Because this, this story takes place before the quote-unquote Christian church really takes formation. This is right. the 40 days after Jesus' death. Was this... No, um, it's
1: beyond that.
0: Oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, uh, but, but it's, it's er, very... No.
1: It's early on. The um, followers of Jesus are still worshiping in the temple. Uh, yeah, it's still very much a Jewish sect rather than a freestanding religion mm-hmm.
0: is was baptism in the name of jesus that uh, um, um, quintessential to the 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 early uh group uh the 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 followers of jesus
1: well thanks to this story we can say probably
0: probably if not an okay.
1: absolute yes okay
0: Okay, I was just kind of curious because it, it it seems it, it seems as though that was something that might have been picked up a little bit more later. But since you've indicated that it was a, a ritual washing was very uh, a, a well known practice,
1: um, yeah, it it was a very short journey from Jewish ritual washing, which for some very devout people was a daily occurrence, mm-hmm. to. The being baptized in the name of Jesus, being washed in the name of Jesus, um, really was just an altering of a sentence within the prayers. Hmm. But also there's, as this story intimates anyway, the very strong concept that you only had to be baptized in the name of Jesus once. Right, right.
0: Yeah, it, it would have been in a way you almost want the story to be longer. Oh yeah. Uh, because uh you know, okay Philip, how how do you explain this to Yeah, uh, that would have re- been helpful to know. A relative it? newbie like what what you know, what approach did you take what what uh what, what thought process did you hinge on to explain it to somebody who had has no reference point to to what it is you're talking about or relatively well, he little. It does
1: have some point. reference point. We often forget this because He's Ethiopian, but it does say he was returning from Jerusalem where he had gone to worship. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So that's that's a key feature that hmm. the Ethiopian eunuch was a worshiper of the one true God already. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. So this wasn't this wasn't necessarily a full conversion. This was uh uh, from from like something from what maybe would be viewed as from nothing to right. Christianity uh, going from zero to a hundred this is more uh, someone outside of the region completely uh, um, devoid of context for Jesus because he hadn't been in uh, would, would it would you'd believe that he hadn't been in the region during that period of time so this is the first, the, the the first uh um experience that that he has um post Jesus uh, uh Jesus's mission, right?
1: Well, that's or, an interesting question. Because if he was worshiping since he'd gone up to Jerusalem to worship and he had come from Ethiopia, which is a very long journey in fact in the the in the in this time period for the roman empire ethiopia was considered the end of the earth essentially mm. that it was the last civilization before wilderness mm. so that could be heavily symbolic here that even the ends of the earth were now getting baptized right but if you That's come that of... far <clears throat> he probably wasn't you know he probably didn't stay in jerusalem just for the sabbath and head back okay s- instead it was probably a fairly fairly significant what we would now call retreat uh, spiritual retreat and so it's possible quite possible that he heard something about jesus and maybe that's why he was reading what he was reading hmm. but it was that one-on-one conversation that helped him and helped the spirit help the unit put everything together
0: hmm. Hmm. yeah that's 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 a. Uh... Like I said, I was finding that kind of interesting as to whether or not he'd heard the rumors before, or if this was like a, a um, complete news to him. But that would that would be, if he'd been there for an extended retreat, there probably would be some rumor, uh, some understanding. Yeah, and has. it really
1: went, uh, by, at this point, Peter and John, as we heard last week, were still openly teaching in the temple. Mm-hmm. So Christianity had not been driven underground yet by the Romans. And you know, if the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, the place to do that was the temple. So, it's very, very possible that he heard at least a couple sermons about who Jesus was. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Anything else about this? I mean, obviously, this is a this is a, a fairly pivotal story. Uh, this is a, a a great example of sharing. Um, uh, one's face, mm-hmm. uh, and and gets used as, as such. Uh, anything else uh, that you want to point out about this?
1: Just a couple trivial things, really. Um, Candace is was the the title for the ruler, female ruler of Ethiopia. It was not her name, even though now it is used as a name in English. Um, so that's why in this translation, it's uh, the. The eunuch, a court official of the Candace, um, queen of the Ethiopians.
0: I was going to ask about that, the Candace.
1: And in earlier translations, the 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 was not included. And so English speakers presumed that Candace Mm -hmm. was the name of the queen of Ethiopians. And so that's one of the reasons that Candace became a name for a woman in the English language. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Just a little translation Misunderstanding, but nothing wrong with calling someone Queenie or something like that. Um, Then the other piece was the um, snatching away of Philip is Mm -hmm. probably a reference by God or by the author or both to Elijah being lifted away uh, on the chariot of fire. Though in this case, we know know where Philip landed. Um, Right. And he he was basically transported to the coast where he was originally headed and got on with that task. Hmm. Hmm. The opening eight verse 26, the angel says to Philip, get up and go toward the south to the road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza and Gaza's on the coast. So he had this encounter on the inland road and then got, to get the shortcut to the coast Hmm. and continue preaching. Hmm. And Caesarea is well north of Gaza. So, um, you know, he had a number of days at least of preaching up the coastline. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I will
0: tell my friend Candace that her, to be a little bit more accurate, her name should now be The Candace. (laughs) I like it. I like it. The the Ben has spoken. Um,
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Well, let's move on to our second reading uh, from the first book of John, chapter 4, verse 7 through 21. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do not testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God, and hate their brother or sisters, are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen, Cannot love God, whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from Him is this: those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. Um. So, a couple of things here. First of all, uh, um, the author here seems to have taken a Paul pill. Um, <laughs> yeah, for this for this portion of writing. Um. Very, very Pauline-like in some of the the, the way that it, it the, the words uh, uh, you know circuitously uh, uh, circle each other and weave back in and out with the same the, the same concept. Yeah, and could, and,
1: could be set to music by the late by the Beatles in their later period.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Same, same, forward
0: and backwards. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but but the other thing um, is that this you know. Um, what is it? First, is it first Corinthians chapter 13? The love, the love chapter. Yeah. Uh, this section could give it a little bit of a run for its money. I agree. Um, um, I, I, I don't think I remember, uh, this, um, this section, uh, as, as well as I remember, um, the love chapter. Um, and, uh, um, this is a pretty, this is a pretty good, um, uh, way of, Writing it as as much as I give it trouble for being Paul like, um, um, it's it's still definitely uh, followable. I I can under I can understand what the author Mm -hmm. is definitely saying here, and it makes sense. Uh, Especially, um, I I especially like the way verse eighteen is worded: Um, that there is no fear in love, uh, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment um which I find I, I find a very interesting um acknowledgement by this author that um we don't really necessarily um, think of it this way but that's 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 a very true statement fear is fear is about punishment, mm-hmm. uh, whether that be spiritual or or, or not um uh, that, that's kind of the root uh, issue there with it. Yeah, with
1: your, you're scared of a bad thing happening. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, What would you... I, I, I've said words. What would you like to say about this?
1: <laughs> I'll say some words. <laughs> now you talk. <laughs> <laughs> the, one of the things to, to think about here is, frankly, why we don't hear it too often or it doesn't stick. And I think the big reason is that it does try to push away the concepts of fear and punishment that part of the johannine theology to use the high flute language that this reflects is that once we begin to love as god loves then we have started eternal life we are beginning to have a sense of what heaven is like and and in order to keep in that state, that state of of spirit, of perspective, of behavior, we have to continually resist fear, mm. and not just the fear of punishment from God, but also fear of punishment from authorities. Since mm. um, by this by the time this letter was written, there was a, a legitimate reason to be scared of the secular well, so-called secular authorities. They were upset sure. with Christians because the state was a religion. So if you are in a, a Christian tradition today that depends on fear to convert people, which many very explicitly believe, yeah, in, in all due respect, that if as the, it's not manipulative, it's what they sincerely believe, then you don't look at this passage too often. Since it says, "Don't fear," that's a that's a good point. If you're a fire and brimstone kind of
0: person, then um, you're gonna you're gonna ignore uh, <laughs> certain things that that don't feed into that narrative.
1: Yeah, and admittedly, well, every piece of Christian tradition does that. We all have our favorite passages, and the passages that we just that just don't stick in our minds because they don't go with our preconceptions, or as the Holy Spirit is saying ignore that one that's that's not something jesus said you get to decide yeah
0: um i think also it is, it's important to point out uh the reference to brothers and sisters here is more a communal community brother and sister reference not, right uh, oh yeah yeah not yeah. familial um, right. um or at least i'm assuming so because of the way it's the the, the wording is structured um and what was the other thing that I was going to say? Oh, uh, I was going to say, um, so the, the, the author of the first book of John uh, continues to love this word abide. I forget, I, 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 again, <laughs> yes. I don't remember this passage as well. And uh, here's another, there's, here's a lot of abide references. <laughs> so <laughs> one, one of my favorite biblical, uh, or I shouldn't say biblical words. One of my favorite words used in the Bible, abide. Yes. Has another showing.
1: Well, and part of that is the the John theology is one of intimacy with God. Mm -hmm. And when for instance when you read in, in the Gospel of John or the letters of John, the when you read the verb knowing, the the level of intimacy there is hard to overemphasize mm, that okay. it's it it's sexual it's it's the two becoming one it's everything you can think of that would be part of an intimate relationship and so the abide is similar to that where you literally are living in the other person mm. and in this case you're just allowing yourself to be drenched with the holy spirit and letting that eternal piece of reality be part of who your identity is, to use a modern Western concept. Mm. Mm. And well, not just part, but the majority. The the defining characteristic of the of the person who abides in God is one who has a who in their bones, knows that they are a beloved child of God, and knows not just intellectually, but with every fiber of their being. I think that's a rare person, but yeah, the more we have, the better. Yeah. Uh, anything else then about this? Uh, well, I don't want to get I mean, spend too much time on it, but I just have to mention that here. The let's see in. Trying to see the verse it's in. Um, it uses the term atone.
0: It?
1: There it is 410. Uh, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Mm, okay. That's one that's been very misused by Christianity. and And well after this was written. Um, the, the meaning was twisted. At the time this was written, it really meant the preparation of the holy space for God's use. Oh, okay. The, well, the, the Day of Atonement in Jewish practice and theology, as long as the temple existed, the Day of Atonement was about re. Cleansing the temple mm-hmm. in such a way that if there was any spiritual imperfection within it, it was eliminated on that day. And there was a, and so there was a knowledge that you had to do that at least once a year. And that's why the Day of Atonement was an annual holy day. That the temple would be all <coughs> re-blessed, is maybe what a Christian would say. And mm-hmm. so that's what this references, is that Jesus, and sacrifice means offering. It doesn't mean icky gooey death as it usually does to people now. So the atoning offering of Jesus was helping all of us be prepared to receive the love of God.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that is definitely a different meaning from what we would think of probably now. I think. Yeah, um, and but, uh, but our knowledge of the Day of Atonement is is. Uh, few and far between at this point.
1: Yeah, and in modern Judaism, it the Day of Atonement is a time now when people are um, asked to reflect on their sins and to, um, you know, in a sense, get a new start by mm. preparing themselves for receiving the love of God and living a better life. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, and it was only. It was only around the 300s, that the idea that the atoning sacrifice of Jesus was to please an angry God. Mm-hmm. Now, but that almost certainly was not the meaning anywhere in scripture, huh. including here. Oh, how
0: things. How things evolve over time, and how we twist things from yeah. from from one moment to another—that's uh, that is always fascinating to me. Well, uh, let's move on to uh, the Gospel of John. No relation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, well, spiritually, there is spiritually yes. Okay, spiritual uh, uh, um, spiritually s- significant uh, and similar to the first book of John. Um, Letter of John. Chap- letter of John, I'm sorry, yes, letter. <laughs> when when does it become a book? Uh, or is it always a letter the, if it's not
1: Traditionally, a- only the Gospels in the New Testament, only the Gospels are called books.
0: Oh, you Episcopalians with your... Epip- <laughs> That's not just
1: Episcopalians. <laughs> the Gospels and Acts, those are the five books of the New Testament. And- oh, the
0: Gospels? The Gospels and Acts. Okay, so now we're adding. Um.
1: Yes. <laughs> and everything else is letters. Okay. And some people call Revelation the book of Revelation, and that's okay. Um, but others historically have not called it a book because they think it's so screwy. <laughs> I mean, from the very, just so, you know, we've talked about this before, but the the book of Revelation barely made it into the final new testament because right even shortly after it's writing uh, leaders of the church who got a voice in such deliberations said, eh, i don't know about this one <laughs> this is so weird oh that's funny
0: <clears throat> yeah um okay so the letter of the first letter of uh john uh, as opposed to the book of the gospel of <laughs> john <laughs> uh we are reading today from chapter 15 uh verse 1 through 8 Uh, and it starts here in quotation marks i am the true vine and my father is the vine grower this is the voice
1: this is jesus speaking
0: yes yes this is jesus uh i'm the true vine and my father is the vine grower he removes every branch in me that bears no fruit every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. Um, So there's a couple of things in here that I know have been interpreted over the years very interestingly. Um, One being... Um, the, this kind of success based, uh, theology of bearing fruit, uh, which some people have interpreted as, uh, in, in certain cases, wealth or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, some sort of land ownership yeah. some sort of, yeah, some sort of, uh, uh, of, of secular, uh, success as you, as you, as you say. Um, and then the other, uh, that I, that I know has been interpreted at least in my mind incorrectly uh, it would be the reference to branches branches that uh, aren't bearing fruit being uh, uh, gathered together and thrown into the fire and burned, which has been interpreted uh, as uh, eternal hellfire and damnation. Um, uh, and I'm not entirely sure that that's what Jesus means here in this verse. Can you talk a little bit about the um, what's going on in this analogy? Because again, like some like many of his. Uh, uh, his sayings, they, it, it it is w- couched in a reference that the people around him uh, know and understand. And one section is about, uh, it's about shepherding something that uh, a lot of people have knowledge of and can connect with. In this case, it's a vine grower, which there's, there's a lot of vine growing in, in the region uh, at, at this period of time. So this also would have been a fairly under, you know, uh, a good connective tissue for his audience of like oh yeah vine grower i know what vines are my uncle has a vineyard or you know um yeah we, be, we like
1: to go wine tasting regularly. yeah
0: wine tasting olives like a, the, the you know lots of lots of vine growing in the region at the time um what is what is he uh saying here in this in in this analogy
1: as opposed to hellfire and damnation yeah <laughs> Um, I mean, that one of the interesting things here is that I don't know why the lectionary designers stopped it with eight, because it does reinforce, it does at least imply, if not reinforce, that interpretation. Mm-hmm. Uh, because verse nine is, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love, I've said these things to you so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. So yeah. that's you know, that, that has a whole nother feel to it than uh oh I'm gonna get thrown into the fire.
0: Right. You better you all better produce as branches, or God the Father is gonna cut
1: you off and throw you in the fire. Yeah, I mean, it sounds, makes it sound like a competitive football team or something. Right, right. Johnny over there is producing a lot of fruit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we have this draft choice coming in who, man, he just comes with a fruit, and you to right. pick up your game. Fruit for days. Yeah. What have you done recently?
0: <laughs> Did you have a fruit three weeks ago, maybe?
1: <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I don't know if what, that's going to cut it. Yeah, what have you done lately for me? <laughs> and yeah so i purposely say that because again go back to the john theme mm-hmm. that it's all about the abiding mm-hmm. and that the producing fruit piece it's so hard for us to get out of our western capitalistic mindset that this has to be an economic image right But Mm -hmm. what we heard from the first letter of John a few minutes ago is that it's all about loving one's brother and sister in the world, not in Mm -hmm. one's family. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: so I think this has to do with how when we divorce ourselves from love to continue family vocabulary, we do wither. Yeah. Yeah. And we can produce for ourselves a hell. Mm -hmm. And that the way to avoid that hell is to reopen ourselves to God's love.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. And if one thinks about this imagery of, I'm just kind of going through it in my head and seeing if this even makes sense to myself as I think about it on the fly. Um, so the, the the vine very much like the tree imagery uh, um, that that is used sometimes in um, um, biblical writing about representing like the family tree essentially and and thinking about how the actual plant itself works the connective tissue to the base of the plant is, Oftentimes what really does define whether or not uh that branch survives. Right. Uh if it's not connected uh uh or doesn't have a strong connection to the rest of the, 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 the plant, uh it's not getting enough nutrients to create that fruit. Um so it's not necessarily a a performance issue as as it kind of seems to to imply. It's really, as you pointed out, hinging on that that sense of abiding. Right. The more you abide in 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 me and I in you, you will produce fruit. It's not a, it's not a matter of you need to do better in this this uh this outward uh, uh, mindset. It's just this will happen for you because our connection is so strong. That's it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it, that's just what how the how the plant behaves, and um,
1: and the connection will grow stronger and stronger, usually in a plant, but always with God. Yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, so that's that's kind of an an interesting uh, a- analogy because yeah, I, I, maybe and maybe it's just because we don't <laughs> we're not we're not the green thumbs we used to be. <laughs> Um, maybe, maybe societally, we just have gotten too far away from these analogies to fully under, you know, fully think about the, uh, the, the implications, all the implications of the story. Um, but that's kind of how it speaks to me. I don't know if I, I'm too off base on that or, or no,
1: not, no, but. you're not off base at all. The, the other dimension that has caused much pondering through the centuries is that, is there a significance to to the vocabulary within it around branches and vines? Um, and yeah, you know, I am the vine; you are the branches. Yeah, um, but vines get pruned as well, mm-hmm. and so they're. So this parable really does have something – this is a parable, not an analogy. Mm, mm-hmm. And in the synoptic Gospels, Jesus – it often there, the parables are usually introduced with a – and then Jesus told this parable. So you settle down and think, okay, this is going to be a bit of a brain teaser. Right. Whereas John chooses not to use that literary transition. And so <laughs> – right and this,
0: now a parable <laughs>
1: yes <laughs> and so this is supposed to be a mind-blower that mm. one can ponder literally all of one's life and not get to the bottom of it mm. and part of it is what 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 is the fruit here that mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, people have, have really gone off in the left field and sometimes helpfully in talking about what is the fruit of this vine and that vine and the other vine that was known in the time of Jesus and the place in the location of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just all sorts of connotations. And John is very weak on hell. Unlike some of the synoptics, where there is gnashing of teeth described, Mm -hmm. John John doesn't isn't concerned about it, and so that's one of the reasons why the uh, thrown into the fire and burned has more to do with in John has more to do with not eternal punishment, but rather loss. Right. Yeah. That uh, the emotional Uh spiritual. Loss of sustenance in God, yeah, and then the, the separation, yeah. But
0: but I would say I, I'm I'm struck by even even in that loss, I mean the, the the branches do are are used the only the only meaningful way they have left at, at that point, right? Is th- throwing them into the fire and you know being made a heat source. So even even in a way this at least in my mind uh, the way that it's described here is there's still a a use and a purpose even if it is right. short-lived um, yeah
1: and it and if it's not wasted in this, it's not in wasted this right and and heat was not an easy thing to obtain in that region that had been populated by humans for so long that there was not a lot of wood around to to Form a fire. And so, yeah, right. you're right. Even being burned, it wouldn't have been a trash fire. That that was just right. too much of a waste. It would have been keeping a family warm or yeah. helping prepare dinner or whatever. So, yeah, it, even then, it's not useless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And w- usually in the scriptures, particularly in, in the Hebrew scriptures, fire is a purification.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to ask about that because I, yeah. I think we've talked about that before. So this uh, it, it could
1: be part of the new start.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Um, are ashes from a fire useful in compost? I'm trying to remember if it,
1: they are. They're mixed opinions, but most people think. Certainly that time it was thought that yes. Okay.
0: Okay. So then it would be then it, not only would it serve the purpose of the fire, but that it would be compost for the vine itself later.
1: Yeah. Potentially. Interesting. And again, the following verses are all about abiding in God. Right. So it, in that way, it seems like Jesus's own interpretation or the author of the gospel of John's interpretation is that this is part of the spiritual life cycle of an individual. Mm -hmm. That, yeah, there are times where (laughs) you've gotten so off track, you got to be pruned a bit by God and start over. Or start afresh is a better word to put you don't go back to zero. Everything you've experienced is still helpful fodder for spiritual growth. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, those ashes help the vine grow better. And you find you and you're sucked up into the vine, and you become a new branch mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I think our lectionary authors should have uh, paid a little bit more close attention to that uh, verse eighteen of the the last reading uh, because mm-hmm. where they where they cut it off does kind of create that fear. <laughs> uh, yeah. and and uh, and and as it had said, fear has to do with punishment, and that's that's kind of. Uh, without including those uh, verses thereafter, uh, it does kind of imply as though the punishment is the point of this story, which it is not.
1: Right. Um, but so. somehow Western Christianity loves hell. And whenever... <laughs> <We> sure <laughs> whenever do. Whenever <laughs> there's a chance to bring it up, we'll try it. <laughs> we'll, we'll force it into the imagery. <laughs>
0: uh interesting very interesting uh uh to to uh, see within just you know a single sunday's uh, yeah. <laughs> set of lectionary readings um uh so um, yeah cuz
1: I- in the in the first reading and i don't think this is intentional in the designing of lectionary but in that reading about the eunuch that the a eunuch is not supposed to be someone accepted by god mm. and by choosing to become a eunuch, they are choosing to turn their back on God in traditional both Christianity and Judaism. Whereas in Isaiah and in the book of Acts, a eunuch is, descri- you know, is described as someone who is blessed by the Spirit and he starts to become a fruitful branch. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's... a. Uh... A very interesting uh series of, yes. of of readings here i like how I, I like how they intentionally and unintentionally interplay with each other right um so uh so uh, plenty of food uh for for your own thought process i hope for for <laughs> for sunday's sermon yeah. uh for sunday's homily um and uh, yeah, go,
1: go sit in your chariot and ponder this
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it. And and if you're lucky, someone will ask, come up to you and ask, are you sure you know what you're reading? <laughs> so with that, I think we'll call it uh, on this, your podcast for May 2nd, 5th Sunday of Easter. Uh, as always, uh, feel free to email us at shortcut at hfec.org with any questions, comments, uh, points of view you'd like to share. Uh, and until next time i'm ben and i'm bruce and we'll talk to you then bye bye bye